Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. So glad that you're with us today. Great that you're here. And it's wonderful to welcome some people in the the room today. Uh, Visitors, people who we've not seen for a long time. So welcome. So glad that you're with us. Um, It's great to be in God's house. Great to be in his presence today. Um, Did everyone have a nice day yesterday? Yep. What about those who are online? (laughs) Um, So welcome to everyone. Welcome to those who are online as well. Glad that you're with us today. Um, We're here to worship God. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus in this place. Uh, We're here to give honor to the King of Kings. This is his time of the year, Jesus' time of the year that we celebrate. And uh, we had a, 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 I really enjoyed the Christmas Eve service. And uh, thank you to everyone who participated in that. Um, It was just such a lovely time to be together as church family. Um, And lots of people joining us online at that as well. So that was great. Um, But we're here today once again to worship the King of Kings um, as we draw to a close for this year, 2021. Who can believe that we're almost at the end of this year? I don't know about you. I think it's just disappeared. Um, And we're looking at uh, 20. 22, not so many days away. So let's let's be praying into all that God has for us for next year um, as a church, as individuals, as families, and let's really seek his presence in all that we're doing. Um, so more, more, on, more on that to come uh, over the next couple of weeks. But let's just stand if you're able to stand. We're going to pray and then we're going to worship the King of Kings in this place today. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you that you are here. And Lord, that's what we want more than anything is to just be in your presence today as as your family. Father, as, as part of the body of Christ, we want to be in your presence. We want to experience your presence today. Father, we ask that you would come and that you would just live in our praise. Father, that we would sense your presence as we praise you today. Lord, we pray, help us to worship you in spirit and in truth today. And Lord, may you be glorified in the songs that we sing and everything that is said, everything that we do. Father, may you be glorified. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen.
Father, we just thank you for all that you mean to us. Father, we've come to worship you because you are worthy of our praise. Father, you are the I am. You are the pre-existent God. Father, from, from age to age, from eternity to eternity, you are God. Father, you existed before anything came into being. Father, you created everything that we can see. Father, we know that you are the sustainer of everything that we see. And Father, we thank you that you have called us into a relationship with you. Father, that we, mere human beings, can have a relationship with the eternal God is just absolutely incredible. And Father, it's made possible through Jesus. It's made possible through the incarnation, through God becoming a man, living amongst us, dying on that cross for our sins, dying to take the punishment for our sins that we might be forgiven and might be set free. And Father, we thank you today for Jesus. We thank you for all that he has accomplished for us. Father, we thank you that he didn't stay in the grave, that Father, he rose on the third day. And because Father, he rose, we know that we have an eternal hope. Our hope is in the resurrection. And Father, we thank you that we have this hope. Father, it's not a hope which disappoints. It's not wishful thinking. Father, it's a reality. It's true. And we stand on that hope. And Father, we know that one day that hope will disappear because it will become a reality. And Father, we will see you face to face. And Lord, we just pray that you'd help us to stay focused on you in the meantime. Father, help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Father, help us to focus on him and just to draw close to him. Father, help us today. Lord, those who are maybe struggling with things, Father, those who are feeling uh, just, uh, just a disruption in their spirits today, Father, we pray, Lord, that you would just bring your shalom to bear upon each and every heart, every life in this place today. Father, for everyone who's joined online today, Father, we pray just for that peace to descend upon the room that they're in watching this service. Father, may your peace just descend upon each one. Lord, we need you, and we just draw aside to focus on you today. Father, help us as we open your word in a moment or two. Father, to really have our spiritual eyes and ears open, receptive, ready, just to grasp what it is, maybe something that you want to say to us today as we think about your word. And, and so, Father, lead us in our meditations, the, the thoughts and meditations of our heart today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Thank you guys for leading us. Leading us once again. I don't know if you were here on Christmas Eve, you might have picked up one of these little booklets. It's called Making the Christmas Connection by J. John. If you didn't get a chance to pick one up, there's more outside, just on the left-hand side as you go out. Feel free to do that. Um, there's also still an opportunity to give to our Christmas offering, our Christmas appeal, which will go to Open Doors. So you can uh, go to our uh, church website, which is whitburnpentecostal.com forward slash, uh, sorry, I'm losing my place in my notes, forward slash giving. Um, <laughs> how could I forget the word giving? Um, I was reliably informed that it's not a backslash, it's a forward slash, okay? So there we go. I have corrected myself today. Thank you, Josh, you're laughing. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing that I need to do, um, if you're visiting with us, one of the things we've been doing is just taking a photograph for the whole kind of track and trace thing. So it just means that we can see where everybody's at in the room. So say uh, Camembert or any number of cheeses, my goodness, I've never had so much cheese yesterday in my whole life, dear, dear, um, lots left, so if you want to come up to my house and help me finish it, you're more than welcome. Um, just to update, um, it was 94 shoeboxes in total, um, and so 
If you have not let us know that you've done a shoebox online, please do so. Um, after last week's announcement, there's another two um, that we knew about. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, next week, Sam's will be sharing uh, so that I get a little break, and I will be leading worship so that Sarah gets a little break. So we'll be going to change things around a little bit next week. Um, but I, want, I, want, I just wanted to take a moment to just thank the guys who've been serving faithfully over the course of the year. Sarah's led worship pretty much almost every, every Sunday um, over the course of this year. Um, we've been working with a very small team of musicians, of technicians, um, a very small COVID team, and of course working with our uh, reduced-sized leadership team, which has started to grow uh, again over the year. Um, and we've been working with a very, very small team. There's been lots of things going on in the background. Uh, there always is. All the pastoral side of stuff um, has still been going on. Um, but I just wanted to express thanks to everyone um, who's, who's worked so hard over the course of the year. Of course, there's lots of things going on in the background as well to make church online happen. So for those who are online today, I would like you to just leave a little comment and encourage the people who've been serving you uh, online faithfully over the course of, you know, was it 21 months or something like that now? Um, I would like you to just take an opportunity to leave a comment and thank people. Um, yeah, so the other thing that I was going to just mention briefly, um, we have been thinking about the whole kind of church online thing. Um, we invested in camera equipment fairly early on in the whole COVID thing. You know, it started off that we would use, we, I would use a phone um, in the upper room in my house, set up on a tripod, and you've heard me talk about some of the fiascos that we had with that. But we eventually upgraded to more expensive camera equipment, which is what we're using today. Um, we do realize that being online is part of our future as a church. We had already been thinking about that before uh, COVID came along. And so we do plan to invest further into uh, church online type of equipment, camera equipment, uh, equipment that will allow us to record and do all these things. Um, it is a significant expenditure, but we do believe that it's investing in our future. And so what I'm going to do, rather than talk about all that online, uh, I feel this is kind of like family business. So I'm going to drop everybody an email um, so that you can get an idea of what we're talking about here. Can I ask that you just check uh, for that email just so that you know what's happening um, with, with regard to, to kind of continuing our presence online. And it is something that we're thinking about. How do we do that going forward? Um, we have thought about that for quite a while, actually. And I, I think we have a fairly clear idea how we're going to do things going forward. Um, one, one of the restrictions, I guess, is that not everybody wants to be this side of a camera. So where I am just now, not everybody wants to be here. And that is an issue for us in terms of the size of our teams to, to serve and lead worship and do all these types of things. So that's a significant factor in our thinking about church online. But I will say more about that over the next few weeks and watch out for the email. Please check that email uh, if you can. So I'm going to share, uh, I think, have I said all the things I was going to say in terms of notes uh, yes, looking forward to Sam's uh, speaking next week. I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. The title of what I'm going to say today is, What's in a Name? What's in a Name? But we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and read that first. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Could you imagine, instead of having a first minister, who we have just now, Jesus was the first minister. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine Jesus being the prime minister of our country? I don't know. That sounds pretty good to me. I would like to see what the country would look like if Jesus was the prime minister. No disrespect to the prime minister if he's watching. Probably not. Um, but I, I just think it, it says here that the government will be on his shoulders. I, I think Jesus is interested. God's interested in the way that we manage our affairs. 
But that's not what I want to focus on today. Um, I'm going to say a little prayer before I go any further. I, I don't know about you, but I feel I need to pray uh, over myself and over our ears for today. So just give me a little second while we do that. Father, we pray that you would open up our ears to hear what you want us to, to hear today, that our hearts would be receptive to your word. And Lord, as we think about this title today, What's in a Name? Father, help us to think about our own name and the weight that our name carries. When people mention our name, what do they think about? And Father, we pray that you would just really challenge us today to think as we draw towards the end of yet another year. Father, help us to think about our own lives and how we are living our lives so may our ears and eyes be open to hear all that the Holy Spirit wants to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been a challenging year, hasn't it? It's been a challenge. Let's face it. We thought 2020 was challenging. I don't know about you. I think there was something about 2020 where we had a lot of adrenaline and things were happening. We were always on alert. And then 2021 came along and we just kind of seemed to like settle into uh, this new routine um, settle into the abnormal. And I think I think 21 has, has required from us a lot of patience, sometimes patience with one another. It's, it's required compassion, understanding. It's required comfort. We've needed comfort. Um, and it's also required a certain tenacity. So it's been an interesting, it's been a challenging and, and difficult year. But I wanted today to think about this subject um, as we draw towards the end of the year, what's in a name? So my name, for example, Stephen, or Stephen, if you say it properly, um, I am actually named after the first Christian martyr who's mentioned in the book of Acts. Thanks, Dad. I don't know if that's meant to be prophetic or, or something like that. I've also been known by various nicknames over the years. When I was in primary school, my nickname was Roy Boy. So if you want to call me that, I won't be offended. As I got into the secondary school, I got called Steph. Okay, so if you want to call me that, I won't be offended. Some people have called me Numptyheed. If you call me that, I will be offended. Um, but more recently, I, I've been known as Stevie. And just recently this week, I don't know if that person uh, who emailed is listening uh, today, you may be tuned in. Um, but I go by the name Stevie. And that's the name that my dad used to call me most and I, I kind of think, you know, what, what's in a name? What do you associate with a person's name, okay? What do we think about when we say somebody's name? When I hear your names in my head, it creates a mental picture of who you are. I have a mental picture of who you are in my head when I think about your name, when I pray for people in the church. And I think about sometimes the, the, the letters that we have before our name. So, Mine is Mr., okay? Sometimes it's R-E-V. So if you look at my emails, they have R-E-V, Stevie Roy, Rev, Reverend. It's not Rev as in motorbike Rev, if Stuart's listening. Um, I, I use that title because I can and because in some areas in the community where I go, it's helpful for people to know that I am actually a minister. Um, I don't look like a minister. I don't sound like a minister. I don't wear the dog collar. But it just sometimes reminds people that I actually am an ordained minister. But do you know what? That little series of letters before my name doesn't really matter very much. I, I'm not one of these people who's got a string of letters after their name. I didn't study that way. Um, probably people wouldn't be interested in my qualifications at the end of my name anyway. But, but what happens before and after a name, I, I think is, it's not so much that that I'm talking about today. Um, what I'm talking about is when I say your name, what do people think when we hear your name? The most popular names in 2021 have been for boys, Jack, in, in Scotland, Jack, Noah, and James. These are the most popular boys' names. So we know, we know a Jack, we know a Noah, we know a James. And the most popular girls' names were Isla, Olivia, and Emily. We know an Isla, an Olivia, and an Emily. We know of all sorts of people. And I heard as I was researching this, that there's a, a, another name in the U.S. and Canada, and it's the name Absidy. Has anybody heard the name Absidy? No? Remember, 
You've got masks on. It's hard for me to see. I need lots of feedback, so just keep it coming, okay? The name Absidy, you don't get it until you see it written down. This is how the name Absidy is spelled. This is an actual name of people in the continent of North America, Absidy. How uninventive and uncreative. I'm so glad I've got the name Stevie, even if it is after a Christian martyr. Even Bible names, Bible names have meanings. Joshua means that Jehovah is our help. And it's the same kind of root name where we get Jesus, where we talk about Savior. And I was thinking about Joseph. Joseph didn't need to rummage through the baby books when he was thinking about what to name Jesus. Could you imagine that? Mary and Joseph's like, oh, uh, Fred. No, no, he doesn't. I don't think he's going to be a Fred. What would we associate with a Fred? You know, it's like, you've got to think about all the names. When I think of Fred, I think about a guy who spoke with a, a funny accent and he used to walk around big chimney stacks. Do you know what I'm talking about? For those who are old enough, Fred Dibna, right? We have an association with a name, and, and we read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, that she will give birth to a son, the angel speaking to, to, to Joseph, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Given the name Jesus, and so when we hear that name Jesus, we think of a Savior. What, what, what pictures come into your mind when you think of the name Jesus? And I think about the verse that we were thinking about today. Um, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What's in a name? Think about the adjectives that are used to describe Jesus. Wonderful, Everlasting, Mighty. What's in a name? In the case of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, however you want to say it, his very attributes are encapsulated in his name. His attributes are encapsulated in many names, actually. When we think about the many names of God, when the Bible talks about God, he, the, and the names that it uses, it's describing who God is. One of my favorite names for God is the name El Roy. I don't know if you've come across that one. It's the, it's the name that Hagar gives to God when she says, she's in the desert place, she's been cast out of her family, she's, she's in isolation, um, and, and she, she describes God as El Rui, you're the God who sees. And I love that. I love the fact that God sees who I am. But let's just, just briefly think about these names. Wonderful Counselor. Jesus is described as Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful, astonishing, ah, wonder. And people marveled at Jesus. They marveled at his wisdom. They marveled at his understanding. He was, in fact, the very logos in human form, the word of God, the expression of God, the very thoughts of God coming out in language became a human being. And so the words of God and the wisdom of God and the thoughts of God was expressed in a person. I love that expression, wonderful counselor, because there are so many times where I need to approach the wonderful counselor. And I find it interesting that one of the names given to describe Jesus is also a name given to describe one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. He will be your counselor. The Holy Spirit being the one who anoints us. The word Christ means anointed. And as Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit anoints us, teaches us, reveals mysteries to us. And we read about Jesus, that he had the Holy Spirit without limitation. He is the wonderful counselor. The second thing that it says that the, is that he is the mighty God. And there's an ad adjective used here, the word mighty. Do you believe that God is mighty? Okay. One or two people believe that God is mighty, Okay. When things have gone really badly, do you still believe that God is mighty? Good. Okay. Let's move on then. Good. I don't need to teach this lesson. So, even when things are good, God is mighty. And even when things are bad, God is mighty. God is able to do incredibly more above all that we could ever ask or imagine. If we believe that God is mighty, how does it affect our faith? I don't know about you, there are some times where the chips are down and you go, is God really there? Is God really hearing me? 
does God really see me? But God is mighty and we can put our faith in Him. Does that affect our prayer life? As we're praying about situations and things, do we pray to a mighty God, one who is able to do what He says He's going to do, the God who's made promises, a God who will fight for you as we live in this fallen world? It goes on to describe Jesus as being everlasting Father. Jesus is eternal. He was not suddenly born, although in human form he came into existence. But Jesus existed before that. He was, he was the pre-incarnate Christ when he came to live amongst us. But Jesus had existed before that, from everlasting to everlasting. And we read some of Jesus' words in the book of John, and he, he's, he's answering some of his critics. And he says, before Abraham was... Before Abraham was born, I am. That's what Jesus said. And if you've read the Bible, you'll, you'll know that that's how God described himself to Moses at the burning bush. Who shall I say sent me? Tell them I am. Bear in mind that the Jewish people had been living in 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And along comes a rescuer who's described as I am, God who is pre-existent, who is eternal, describes himself to Moses as I am. And here are the people who are awaiting the Messiah after 400 years of silence, and Jesus describes himself as I am. I think the parallel is quite striking. He's making a clear statement to Jewish people that I am the Messiah. I am the one that you've been waiting for for 400 years. Jesus lives on He's not finished. It's not over. He lives on. He is the resurrected Messiah, the Christ. And he said, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. I think it's really interesting that we see the Trinity in this one person called Jesus. I and the Father are one. Of course, that's why the Jews hated him, because he claimed to be God. And then lastly, he's described as the Prince of Peace. I probably think sometimes that this is my favorite name for God, for Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And peace in this context is talking about, uh, it's actually the word peace, shalom, which is described as peace or wholeness or completeness. And I was trying to think, how do we, how do we encapsulate this idea of shalom? God is a God of shalom, a God of peace, and what it's saying is that he, shalom is when we have wholeness, completeness. I'm going to use a little illustration. Um, this is um, something that was given at Christmas time last year, I believe. Uh, it's a Lego uh, model for those who are into Star Wars. Who likes Star Wars here? Clearly not enough people have watched Star Wars movies. We'll need to do that in the church maybe instead of having uh, anything else. We'll maybe do Star Wars movies on Sunday. How does that sound? No, okay. No, maybe maybe not. This is a Star Wars character, and it's a Lego set made, put together according to the instructions. It's complete, it's whole. Every part is there. And, and what it's really getting at, this word shalom, it's, it's talking about completeness and complexity. So that model is complete. There's not a part missing. There's not a part in the wrong place. Everything is where it should be. It's complete, it's whole, nothing is missing. There's nothing worse than having a Lego puzzle where you get to the end and you go, I'm missing a piece. It's incomplete. And so there's a certain shalom about this Lego model. It's complete. It's complex, but it's complete. And I was thinking about this. What is more complex than a person? What is more complex than a person? The Bible says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're complex. I find people very complex. And maybe I'm the only one who does so. I find people very complex. We're all so different. Even when we call ourselves Christians, when we say we believe in God, we believe in the Bible, and we believe the same things, and I think, why are we all so different? How can we have such different interpretations of things? How can we even have different interpretations of what's right and what's wrong? 
That's incredible. Because we're complex beings, we've had so many different factors in our lives that make us who we are. We are complex. We're com complicated. I think people are complicated, if I can put it that way. Sometimes some people more than others. I think, as I think about myself, I'm a complicated person. I don't even understand myself sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> why did I say that? Why did I think that? Why did I do that? But I don't know about you, think about this whole idea of completeness and complexity. And, and I want to focus on this because I feel this is where the Holy Spirit's been leading me over the last couple of weeks as I've been preparing my heart, not just preparing a message, but preparing myself for the messages over Christmas. And it's this whole idea of shalom that has really spoken to me. The whole idea of God's wholeness, God's peace that He wants to bring into us. I don't know about you, have you ever felt like you've been broken inside? Where you just think, there's something missing in my life. I just don't feel right today. There's something not in place in my life today. It's like there's that kind of brokenness inside and we feel kind of out of sorts. We feel disjointed. We feel out of kilter. You know what I'm getting at? Do, do you know what I'm getting at? Or am I the only person who feels like that? Sometimes we just kind of think there's a certain something that's lacking in my life today or this week or this year. And I think sometimes what's missing is that shalom, that completeness, that wholeness, that connectedness of what's something that's complicated. It's like part of us has been kind of taken off and put in a shelf somewhere. And, and life does that to us. Circumstances do that to us. And we can feel incomplete. And Jesus is described as the Prince of Peace. He's the one who comes to bring order into disorder. He's the one who brings jointedness into disjointedness. And it's that shalom, it's that peace of God, which I don't know about you, I treasure the peace of God. When I'm thinking about a decision, one of the things that factors in that decision strongly is whether or not I have a peace from God about that decision. It factors so heavily. And this word, shalom, it's a, a Hebrew word. There's, there's actually a Greek alternative, a Greek version of shalom. And it's the word that we find in Philippians chapter 4, where Paul is talking about a shalom, a peace, a completeness that surpasses all understanding. How do we receive that peace? Let me read Philippians chapter 4. This is what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. How do we get that sense of completeness back into our lives again? We rejoice in God. Part of what we do in worship is rejoicing in God. Our songs express something of a rejoicing in God. And sometimes it's as we're singing that the, that sense of completeness comes when we joy in the Lord, joy in the God of our salvation. And I don't know about you, as I read some of these things, I think back about uh, to, to choruses and hymns that I used to sing as a kid. And there's something about the words that encapsulate some of the scriptures that talk about these things. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Sometimes we lack that sense of completeness that we have that disjointedness because there's something about us that's just really needing that gentleness. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything. There's a challenge. Don't worry about anything. Who can say that every day in life, throughout the whole day, through every week, every month, every year, that you never worry about a thing? Sometimes that disjointedness comes into us, that disconnect, that lack of wholeness, that lack of shalom and peace, because we worry about things. But what's the antidote to worry? It tells us here, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So, we need to pray. 
We need to bring that supplication. It's like a petition. It's where you sign something. You say, okay, this is my petition. This is my legal document that I'm presenting to you. It's been signed by me. This is what I want you to take action on. We do that when we petition our people in authority, local governments. When we sign a petition, we say, we disagree with this. And all these thousands of people disagree with it. This is our voice. This is our mind. And we present it to our leaders for them to look at, and hopefully they take it into consideration and act upon it. And so we are praying. We're bringing our petitions before God with thanksgiving. And I want to say very clearly here that one of the ways that our peace can be taken away from us, where we can feel that disjointedness, that disconnectedness, is when we stop being thankful. Thankfulness changes the way we see the world. Thankfulness changes our mindset. We can look at all the things that we don't have, or we can be thankful for the things that we do have. And I don't know about you, I just sat this morning looking around my kitchen at some of the things that were left from yesterday, and I think abundance, 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 abundance. And I was thinking about this. So much choice just left sitting on the shelves in our kitchen. That's not including the stuff that's in the fridge. So much choice. Abundance, abundance, abundance. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the things which you pour into our lives day by day. And then it goes on to say, and the peace. The Greek uses the definite article again. I talked about that not so very long ago. The peace. It's a very specific peace. It's the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And it says that it will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace. We can have a pseudo peace. We can have a temporary peace where things are going okay and we think, okay, all's well with the world. But the peace that we're talking about here is a very specific peace. The peace which goes beyond our understanding, goes beyond the circumstances, goes beyond the situations, goes beyond COVID, goes beyond restrictions and lockdown. It's a peace that we can have regardless of what is happening around us. That's the Prince of Peace. That's what He comes to give us. And in that very term, Prince and Prince of Peace, I see not only the Holy Spirit, Counselor, Everlasting Father, I see the sonship of Jesus in this verse, the Prince of Peace, the Son of the King. I want to finish off by saying, what about your name? What does the name Jesus mean to you? Okay, but what about your name? When people think about your name, do they think about the qualities that we see in Jesus? Because at the end of the day, That's who we're trying to be like. We're trying to be like Jesus. So when we think about Jesus, we read the Gospels and we think, what an incredible person Jesus was. And then we think about the people in our church. We think, do we think about Jesus when we think about their name? It's a challenge. Do we think about Jesus? What's in a name? What do people associate with your name? This is a verse which for me has been a foundational verse from when I was very young. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. When we start chasing after other things, we very quickly become disappointed. I want to encourage us to chase after a good name. When people think about your name, will they think about Jesus? Will they think about peace? Will they think about somebody who is kind and gentle? What's in a name? The name that you have. Not the letters that are before your name or the letters that will appear after your name. Your name, your given name. What do people think when they think about your name? And I think about the, the attributes that I want people to think about when they think about my name. And we read about them in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. And you can be the judge of whether or not you would associate these things with my name. And I'm putting myself in the spotlight because I'm in the spotlight. But that's another story. 
And I just looked up into the spotlight and I kind of see my notes. <laughs> Everything's went dazzling. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the type of things I want associated with my name. Somebody who's loving, somebody who has the joy of the Lord, somebody who is at peace, somebody who is patient. Don't pray for patience. Don't ever pray for patience, okay? Take my word for it. Somebody who's kind, somebody who's generous, somebody who's faithful, somebody who's gentle, somebody who's self-controlled. These are the fruit of the Spirit. These are the fruit of having the Holy Spirit living in us. I don't know about you, I want people when they think about my name to think about Jesus, to think about the fruit of the Spirit in a person's life. We don't need to have a title to have influence, to be an influence for good, to be a good influence for other people. Your name, your name, whether you like it or not, you have an association in people's minds. And I've hesitated in using anybody's names today other than my own, okay? Because I don't want to embarrass anybody or put anybody in the spotlight. But if I were to mention your name, even the people who are in the room today or those who may be joining us online, if I had to mention your name, immediately people would have a picture in their head of who you are. I'm encouraging us today to think about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we become more like him, that we become the people that he has called us to be, and that we become a different kind of people, a set-apart kind of people, a holy people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and that when people see us and think about us, that they make that association, that person is a Christian. Why? Because there was this time when, and they see it in action. Christianity is not a theoretical religion or faith. It's something that lives out in our lives every single moment of every single day. Let's just bow our heads as we draw to a close today. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he means to us. We thank you that there is power in the name of Jesus, that it carries weight, that it carries authority, that it carries so many blessings for us. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. We ask things of you in Jesus' name. And Father, we know that his name carries weight and authority. Father, even in a dark world, in a demonic world, Father, we know that the name of Jesus makes the demons tremble. Father, that there is power in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just thank you that we can call ourselves Christians, that we can be like Jesus, that we can be uh, anointed with the Holy Spirit as well, that we can live out and act out and bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, produce that fruit. Lord, we thank you that you're in us, that you're living in us, that you're active, and that you're causing that fruit to develop and grow within us. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to just lean into that further. Father, to make you our priority. Father, as we draw one year to a close, and as we're right on the cusp of a new year, and Father, we don't know what that year holds for us, but Father, we know that we can walk hand in hand with you into this new year and trust you for all that you want to do, for all that you are to us, for the way that you walk with us. Father, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we know that you're with us. Father, nothing, nothing, nothing will cause you to be separated from us, and we thank you for that. And so, Lord, help us to live in the reality of that in our everyday life. Father, help us to choose a good name over great riches. Father, help us to choose being esteemed over silver and gold. Father, to think about the importance of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Father, to be filled with the Spirit is to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And Lord, we pray that we would bear that fruit in ever-increasing abundance. Father, we pray that you would continue to lead us as a fellowship as we progress into this new year. Lord, we go hand in hand with you. We take that step of faith sometimes, walking out, knowing that you're there beside us, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us. And so, Father, I just pray that you'd help us to trust in you. Father, I pray that you bless each one who's here today, bless their families, those who are joined online, wherever we find ourselves. Father, we pray your blessing on each one, this, your blessing on this congregation. Father, that your face would shine upon us. And Father, I do believe 
that there is something that you want to say to us as this year approaches. And Father, we pray, help our hearts to be attuned to all that you want to say to us. Lord, may 2022 be a different year for us. Father, may it be a year where we see some things happen which we've been praying for for a long time. Father, may it be the year where many of us see the breakthrough that we've been waiting for. Father, may it be the year where you pour out your power and your spirit in a fresh way. Father, that as we are called Christians, as we are called anointed ones, Lord, we pray that there would be an increase in that anointing that comes from you, the anointing that comes from the Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray that that anointing would accomplish in us the things which we can't do in our own strength. So, Father, help us to listen to what you want to say to us. And Father, help us to be, be obedient to your word in everything, in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May he be glorified in your life and our life as a church. And I pray that you have a fantastic day, a fantastic week. We will see you again on Sunday. And uh, hopefully you'll be all ready and raring to go. Okay? Lord bless you.